Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Okay, you saying I'm echoing a little? All right. Okay, good. All right, there we go. All right, just as long as y'all can hear me. All right, okay, good. All right, so uh, shout out to the fam first and foremost, man. Big ups to the fam. Appreciate y'all being in this episode of the show. And like I've been saying for some time now, welcome, welcome, welcome. You're now rocking with the Sports Coma, Big Q and the guys, where we have intense, entertaining, educating, and enlightening sport talk from your favorite sports fam. Much love. Appreciate you guys. Thank y'all for being in this episode of the show. Listen, man, and it's been uh, a pretty interesting uh, time for the Saints. Right now, we're kind of going in through our, uh, you know, I guess our draft time as we go and look over prospects, the top 30 period as the Saints look at various prospects. And I have a, I'm going to go over the draft prospect tracker just to kind of go over some of the names that we've been going over. Uh, also, I have a, a latest mock that I'm going to probably give out to you guys tomorrow on a Tuesday stream. The Patreon a Tuesday stream will go over, I think it's mock draft number nine. I don't like doing too many mock drafts because to me it kind of waters things down. I know we have a couple of weeks before the draft rolls around, uh, you know, and the Saints kind of slowing down with the signing process, and they pretty much did a lot of good jobs, so we're going to go over the depth chart as well. We'll cover a few news notes and items in this episode of the show. So do me a favor, family. Uh, feel free to hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, and feel free to share the show on your social media. I know it's been several days since the last stream I've been doing, but, you know, for, for my Saints stuff, but, you know, I've been really active on the Pelican side of stuff and doing other things behind the scenes as well. So with that being said, let's get right into it, fam. As you can see right here uh, on the screen, uh, the draft prospect tracker. And, and listen, some of these guys the Saints end up taking, you know, some of these guys they don't. So it might be somebody the Saints draft in the uh, in the upcoming draft that they didn't bring in for a top 30 prospect, or it might've been something that they probably looked at during the senior uh, bowl or, you know, maybe a pro day that they attended. So there are many different outlets, you know, that the team goes after to look through talent. And then some people, even the smaller school prospects, the saints really hit on. So you'll see the Saints scouts in some of the small school areas. Like that's how we found Deontay Harris Hardy. That's how we found, Guys like Rashid Shahid, we found those type of guys in these small school uh, areas, and then they were able, you know, kind of bring them and we honed their talent, and then turned them into NFL ballers. So, uh, you know, that happened. So, let's look at some of the prospects, man. We'll go over them. A list of some of them during the top thirty window that the Saints had an opportunity to either, uh, you know, work out or have a visit with. So it's fun to, to kind of visualize what it is, but we talked about this. You can see Hendon Hooker, the picture of him right there. And there have been several players climbing up uh, the prospect window, and, and Hendon Hooker is one of those guys, you know. And we, and, and let me see if I could pull up that, that are, you know, that prospects that are climbing. 
he's one of the guys that's climbing. And now I see some of these so-called experts are listing uh, Hendon Hooker as one of the guys that uh, is climbing and emerging and is climbing up into the top, into the first round. Even to, I've seen uh, several teams pick him. I've seen drafts where they had the Raiders selecting him. I've seen some where, uh, you know, they had Tampa Bay picking him up. And he's gone from what was considered a second-round quarterback level to up until the uh, into the to the to a first round. Now, listen, Hendon Hooker was a guy that would have been there anyway, based on his injuries. But take a look at what Bucky Brooks, how Bucky Brooks had this brother. Now, these are the quarterbacks on Bucky, and Bucky's pretty solid, man. You know, he has a scouting background, and look how he has the quarterbacks ranked here for this upcoming draft. C.J. Stroud is there with Bryce Young. And then Hendon Hooker is third. I remember all the smoke about Will Levis and Anthony Richardson. Now you see Hendon Hooker is now the top. And see, this is where it was. It would have been had he not gotten hurt. He would have been a top three, and I said this before. But according to what they're saying about his injury, which is why he fell to the second round, but a lot of people starting to kind of back up off that thing, man. They starting to say, yeah, man, we can kind of draft him and wait for him. Because the guy is fantastic, man. He's not a one-hit wonder. He had a fantastic year the year before he got hurt. You know, and he's a tall quarterback that stands tall in the pocket. He has good accuracy on all three levels. Really heady and intelligent. And he's just a baller, man. So class act, leader, all that kind of stuff. And, of course, you see Carolina, they're going to be wrestling between C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. Uh, you know, like I said, I, it seems like Stroud might be the guy that they pick, but I think Bryce Young is a better quarterback. Not, not, No disrespect to C.J. Stroud. I just think seeing Bryce Young play in the SEC and what he did, uh, If I, I just tell you like this, if he was six foot three, just like C.J. is, man, you know, it wouldn't be as close as with them looking at it because they, they basically – giving him that smoke because he's a small quarterback in height. But yeah, this is where Bucky has it situated at. So you might not see Hendon Hooker there. That's probably why the Saints are doing their due diligence, looking at other quarterbacks to possibly be the guys that could fill in for the Saints, which I wouldn't be mad about that. There are a lot of really good quarterbacks. I ain't say franchise guys like Hendon Hooker or some of these guys, but like guys from round three on back that you can develop over time. You know, there's some interesting prospects out there. But anyway, let's take a look at some who some of the guys the Saints looked at. Johannes T- uh, Tyler, wide receiver from Ball Street, another guy that they bung, brung in here. Uh, actually, they went and uh, talked to him. Joel Hoganford, the tight end from Michigan. Janun Lindell, cornerback from Kentucky State, small college. Joe Fusha, the safety from LSU. They had an opportunity to look at some LSU guys. How about that? Keandre Colburn, the big, massive defensive tackle from Texas. Dwayne McBride, the fierce running back from UAB. A lot of people like his running style. You see a DeBoy, another defensive tackle from, uh, they got him listed as a, a, a defensive tackle here. But the guy is a he, 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 good athleticism, and he's doing a lot of climbing too. Kendra Miller. From TCU, Darnell Wright, the, the uh, offensive tackle from Tennessee. Hyatt, the speedy wide receiver from Tennessee as well. You know, we love our Tennessee guys. We love our Tennessee guys, man. But, you know, and he's on the board there, speedster. 
Uh, Hendon Hooker, as you know, that was a guy that Cam tweeted about about drafting him. Clayton Toon, this is another guy uh, that uh, the Saints looked at out of Houston. And Toon's very uh, 6'3 quarterback. Not nothing really special about Toon, but he, he makes plays for you. You know, he's an accurate guy, short and intermediate. Does get the ball down the field, not known as a deep ball thrower when you talk about Toon, but very productive at Houston. Very productive. I think Clayton Toon had like, what, 40 touchdowns last year? I think I, I think I covered something on when we talked about Clayton Toon. I think he had 40-something touchdowns, if our, if our memory serves well. So, yeah, very productive quarterback in Houston. Raheem Jarrett, another really strong wide receiver from Maryland, has different applications. Jalen Duncan, the big offensive tackle from Maryland. Luke Winstale, the defensive end from Clemson. Joey Porter Jr., I doubt that he'll be there. I think he'll be going somewhere in the first round from Penn State. A lot of people putting him with Pittsburgh. His father played there. They're thinking about Pittsburgh, thinking about bringing Joey, Joey Porter Jr. back to uh, where his dad played. Aiden O'Connell from Purdue. This is another quarterback that's very productive. Has them Drew Brees ties. He went to the same college as uh, little Drew from Purdue. And he has a lot of potential, too. Has good size. Like I said, this, these, these quarterback prospects, not the big-name guys, are interesting. Very interesting. Corey Trice Jr. from Purdue, another Purdue guy. Big Carl Brooks from Bowling Green. Interesting, very interesting prospect is Carl Brooks Jr. I mean, Carl Brooks, uh, the defensive line from Bowling Green. Jackson, uh, Jackson Smith uh, Najigba from, from Ohio State, the wide receiver who, you know, got banged up last year. A lot of people. Talk about how fantastic the kid is. You put the tape on, real. He has pretty decent speed, catches the ball with just like it's nothing. You know, but yeah, but we have to still see. A lot of people speak big about Jackson. Yoshi, shout out to you. Thank you. He says, What spot you think we should draft for Q? What spot you think we should draft for Q? Draft for what a QB or what you're saying, Yoshi? Thank you for the super chat. What spot do you think we should draft for? Q. Okay. Is it a QB you're saying there, my friend? I don't understand your question. I don't think he that bad. Uh, KT says overhype. He got decent statistics, but I'll tell you what, you put the tape on. It ain't nothing jumping off the film about him. I mean, he's a, he has, he got decent height. You know, it, it, the arm ain't all that, but he, you know, he makes plays, but it's not nothing, you know, he don't jump off the film, but he's a, he's a decent young prospect. Uh, you know, from Purdue, so you, you, you got Drew from Purdue, Aiden O'Connell's another guy that people will take a look at. I do like Jackson Smith. I don't think Jackson will be available there. But uh, shout out to the fam. Thank you there. Uh, Yoshi, I'm thinking you saying QB. QB, what position? Okay, I get you. Okay, thank you, sir. Appreciate you on that. Thank you for the super chat. Um, I'm still going to have to say defensive line, man. I'm going to have to say defensive line. I don't think the Saints are out of the water, not even close to it in terms of uh, adding some help to the defensive line, either interior defensive lineman or a defensive end. Cam is is getting toward the back end of his career. It's so many question marks still at the end position. At Henson, we're looking forward to the holidays, and that means more time in the kitchen. Now, imagine your trusty kitchen knife had a wobbly handle. You'd be nervous. 
Well, the same is true in shaving. Most razors on the market today don't support the blades well enough, allowing them to flex and bend. This is a source of razor burn. At Henson, we used our 20 years of aerospace manufacturing to solve this problem, supporting the blade so you can use it confidently. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to hensonshaving.com holiday. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. I know we still have Carl Grandison, who had five and a half sacks last year. You had Peyton Turner, who was banged up. You got Tanu Pass, and you know, the Saints gave a multi-year deal, too, which is he's more of a rotational player, in my opinion, a guy that is a part of the rotation, not just some guy that you would like to occupy the spot. But based on what they're showing us, and it's unofficial, uh, is Carl Granderson the guy that you put there? I don't know. I don't know, but I think Carl Granderson is more ready than a Peyton Turner is right now, just to be honest with you. I just have to give you that. But I'm, I don't know if he's ready to play a full-time role as a starting defensive end for a full season. And even if he was, you still need another guy, a part of that defensive end rotation, to push Peyton Turner and Granderson. And I think the Saints have opportunity to look at some of these guys here and it's up in this draft that's coming, and there are quite a few people that should be available when the Saints pick 29th or even 40th into the second round. So I would have to say defensive line. You can pick either in or defensive tackle, but if anything means anything in terms of the pressure of the defensive line, remember, you have to still got to get pressure. I mean, the Saints would do better against stuff in the run. They can't do any worse, right, than what they were doing last year. So you got to look at it and say, listen, we need to get pressure on the opposing team's quarterback. That's the bottom line, man. It don't mean anything if you can't get pressure on their quarterback and force these people to make bad decisions or throw the ball early when they're not ready, you know, or make plays. You've got to do that. So I still would push the Saints to get a pass rusher because even you still going to need somebody to take Cam's position eventually when he gets ready to leave. And I'm not saying he's leaving at the end of the year. You know, his contract, he got, what, one year left on his deal. So at some point, you still got to address the defensive end. I mean, the defensive end position, you most certainly do because you don't have it solved. It's not solved. Saint Or the Saints going to bring in a veteran defensive end to compete. There's several other options out there that can serve as a one-year item. But in terms of, like, giving Cam a really – good understudy or a guy that can come in and push for a starting position, push a Peyton Turner to get better, push a Carl Granderson to give, to, to give even, to get even better. We've named people like Isaiah Foskey. There's so many really talented people that you can look at that fit with the saints doing in their defense. So uh, we'll see what they make. But if, if I would have to say it still has to be defense and to me, it would be defensive end. First, maybe a defensive tackle. Second, simply because if we can't get pressure on their quarterback, it's over with. You can't. You sit there back there and let them quarterbacks do whatever they want to do. It's, the, the NFL is too good. You, you <laughs> it don't work if you can't generate pressure and get to their quarterback and get them down on the ground. Bottom line, man.
you know, so that puts a lot of pressure on our secondary. We firing off there just from a defensive end standpoint. It helps out the secondary. They don't have to take long to cover. But we got to keep firing at this defensive end, a position opposite the cam until it works. Whether we bring in a veteran, a cheap veteran com- uh, component uh, after the draft, you know, and, and see what the numbers are, bringing them in or taking a stab. I still say you take a stab in the draft and get guys because they got quite a few defensive end prospects out there that we can look at. All right. Thank you for the question, fam. Yeah, get, yeah, KT, I, I agree with that. Aiden O'Connell, game manager. No doubt about it. Absolutely. You're right. That's why I say nothing pops up out, off the table about Aiden O'Connell. He, what, 6'2"-ish, somewhere along in there, and, and he doesn't have a big arm, but he is decently accurate. He does make decent uh, – he makes good decisions with the ball, but nothing to me, you know, what I watch when I watch the film, and I watch a lot of these guys play – it, nothing pops off the off his film about him and oh are you let me tell you about this guy right here he just got it no nah, you don't get none of that so your your commentary about him being that is is absolutely that so yes so anyway uh let's see uh Charlie Thomas the linebacker from Georgia Tech Jordan Howden the safety from Minnesota and Miles Murphy I don't know if Miles will be there for when the Saints pick at the 29th position I listen family members naxing me Q, what do you think about the Saints moving up in the draft to go get a player that they want? And most certainly, they could be, that's an option. Anytime when you talk about the draft, you know, people might say going into it, like even uh, uh, Ireland and the rest of them in the war room when the Saints do their thing. They could be just sitting there saying to themselves, hey, man, we're just going to be playing. We're going to play the patient game, and we're going to take whatever player falls to us on our draft board, you know, Bam, if it happens to be a position of need, fine. But if it's a guy that we just love and he's like the one that's left there, then that's another thing they do. And then you'll see them their, their strategy changes when a guy gets within range and they get antsy feet and say, man, we got to go and get that guy. And then they move up and, you know, and do that kind of thing. Well, could that be back-to-back? You know, they did that, getting really motivated to go get Chris Olave give up, you know, they gave up the two picks to go move up to get Chris Olave, which turned out to be a fantastic move. Do the Saints do a similar situation for this upcoming year? I would have to say no to that. I don't, I don't see the Saints being that advantageous and talking about moving up to go get another player. I think they can just sit back and let things fall to them. There's so much great depth uh, in terms of the positions of need that they need, like some of the quarterback. If they want a quarterback, they could take one in the second or third round. Defensive ends will be ready. They'll have good defensive ends when they pick at 29. They'll have good defensive tackles at 40. So where the Saints are positioned in the first, in the back of the first round and the second round, they can be able to get players that can help them right away. And remember, when you usually take a first-round draft pick and a second-round pick or in a third-round pick, those players have an expectation to start, like especially if you got a first-rounder. You would anticipate that guy starting. Now, Trevor Pennon, was a guy that didn't quite work with not for whatever reason. You know, of course, he had his injuries and all that kind of stuff. But we, even when he came back and was clear of the injury list, the Saints set on him and allowed him simply to be a reserve guy. I didn't understand that. But then again, I didn't understand a lot of things the Saints did under Dennis Allen last year, to be honest with you. But with the anticipation and the pressure is that the Saints, when you draft a guy in the first round, he has to, he has a first round grade and he has to be put in the position to see what he can do, which do we then look at Peyton Turner and say, hey, 
Peyton Turner's that guy, Q. We drafted Peyton Turner. He's going into his third year. Shouldn't Peyton Turner be starting? And you're with, you would be absolutely right based on that model that the Saints should have. If Peyton Turner is healthy, Peyton Turner should be the guy starting opposite a Cam Jordan. If he's healthy, he should be. But you, still, you look at Carl Grandison, an undrafted guy who's been out playing him, simply because Carl Grandison is available and Peyton Turner is not. But when Peyton Turner does play, he does look like something. The only issue is having him to stay out there. And even more on this for the Saints to take a defensive end there because with Peyton Turner, you got to find out what he is sooner than later. Sooner than later. You got to find out who that guy is. You gave him a first-round draft pick after all. You put a first-round tag on him. So we got to figure out if he's the real deal or not. You never know. He might be. It might turn on for him. So we'll see. But anyway, uh, this is this is interesting, man, to see the prospects. Some of the Saints are working out. Some of these guys you'll probably see uh, them. If they slip through the cracks, the Saints could find some of these dudes and kind of bring them in. You know, Devon Achain is a really interesting running back from uh, from Texas, <clears throat> from Texas. Uh, uh, from Texas, from the Aggies, really interesting guy, excuse me. But uh, let's move to the next one here. This is from Canal Street Chronicles. Talk about uh, Cephas. How about that? Oh, Cephas. Cephas Johnson. You know, that's a country name, man. Country name, man. Cephas. Cephas Johnson and Tykeem Doss at the Saints Pro Day. Now, could the Saints draft one of these players? Ask Canal Street Chronicles. Now, let's look at what this saying is. Saints had their Pro Day, and the word is they had two standouts at the Pro Day. Southeastern quarterback Cephas Johnson and Southern Miss offensive lineman Takeem Doss. So the Saints like these guys. They shine, but is these guys the Saints would, if they fall through the cracks, could be guys the Saints be interested in. Now Cephas played QB and wide receiver in college, doing it all by throwing 1,500 yards, 10 touchdowns through the air, rushing for 600 yards and eight touchdowns last year. Also caught two touchdown passes. And Johnson is a Taysom Hill type do-it-all guy. Could the Saints have a room to have two more, another guy like that for him? And Doss is a big old offensive lineman, 6'5", 378, versatile, play both tackle and guard at Southern Miss. And, and they like these guys and what they can do. So me, I'm always a guy that likes for the Saints to go and get athletic defensive, I mean, offensive linemen to help out. I still think we could use some help in terms of uh, the backup offensive lineman, you know, I'm not really big on Kelvin Throckmorton. Um, and we have an injury issues. Now we know the deal was reworked for Andrews Pete to be a one year deal. So after this year, it's a question mark there. How about even Cesar Ruiz? So there could be some direction changes right here. And I'm thinking ultimately Andrews Pete, de- depending on how he looks, this year, I don't, I don't know if he comes back or not, but the Saints do have Hurst as a backup, the, the, the sixth offensive lineman that'll help if something happens to Andrews Pete or if somebody gets banged up, he slides in at the guard or a tackle spot. But outside of him, Landon Young has to step up from Kentucky. He was a guy a lot of people had a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of faith in that he can be better than what he is. And we just need some of these guys just to step the hell up and do better. Like I said, Kelvin Throckmorton, man, Landon Young has to step up. You know, Lewis Kidd, uh, you know, an interesting prospect. Storm Norton is a big offensive tackle, backup guy. You don't know exactly what you got with him. I've seen some good footage on him. You said Durant's another guy that they picked up that just sat on the practice squad. Still Standing is a podcast of hope. 
My name is Allie Patterson, and I am your host. On this podcast, you're going to hear stories from people who have encountered a living God and found help and hope in their real life. No matter what your life is like right now or what you think of God, I hope you hear stories like yours, and I hope you walk away thinking there's hope for me too. Everyone on this podcast would gladly say it's because of Jesus that I am still standing. Come find out why. Sometimes during Christmas, something magical happens. Hey, Cricket customers. The Max with Ads plan is included with the Cricket $60 Unlimited plan at no additional cost. And this holiday season, Max is the one to watch when you're feeling festive. Son of a nutcracker. Cozy up to all the holiday classics like Elf, 8-Bit Christmas, and the Harry Potter 8 film collection. Just log in with your Cricket username and password to experience Max on all your favorite devices. Phone plan streams and standard definition programming subject to change. Fees, terms, and restrictions apply. See cricketwireless.com for details. But, you know, we still need some help in the backup offensive lineman room to create any way to create some competition. So could they be looking at a Takeem Doss as a guy that if he slips through the cracks, Saints can pick up as an undrafted guy, you know. So we'll see how it all folds there. But Cephas tape looks very interesting as well. Uh, <laughs> Cephas. Yeah, that's that's a real good one right there. All right, so anyway, let's get into this article, fam. This will be our last article before we uh, bounce out uh, saints continue to build roster behind car Thomas heading into the draft. So we're going to get into this article. Cat Terrell right, wrote this article and I just wanted to cover it with the family members and talk about this article. It was really interesting. Some uh, like a summary of, of what the saints have done so far, kind of answering the question on some things and uh, shout out to Yoshi says, should we be nervous about pinning? I don't think you should be nervous about pinning. I think pinning, We'll be fine. I think you just got to let them learn, just like most of these guys. You know, you know, you got to get them in there and play. Thank you, Yoshi, once again. I just thought how the Saints handle the situation. I think by putting Penning as the left tackle as opposed to the right, you know, putting them on the, the right side, like where you would traditionally do traditional NFL people will traditionally put the best – offensive lineman on the quarterback blind side, especially if it's a tackle. Like if you got the, if your best offensive lineman is a tackle, more than likely he will be your blind side guy. I've been saying this for the last couple of years and they just went on and did it in reverse and had pinning, which are, which he was a rookie last year guarding the quarterback's blind side, which he didn't get when I mean, he got banged up and whatnot. We had to end up putting Hurst in there, but I just thought that was like in reverse. And we did a lot of stuff in in reverse last year. That's why it didn't work. That's why a lot of stuff that happened last year was a dismal failure because we wasn't doing stuff that traditionally works. If it if it's not broken, then I'll try to fix it. And, and and not only is Ramcheck, and of course Ramcheck hadn't been living up to his billing since he got paid that money, by the way. And I have to say that because people was dogging Laddie Daddy, Marshawn Lattimore. And saying, Q, if we pay him that, he's going to turn into a slouch. He already fallen asleep on wide receivers that don't have no names. And Q, he, you know, he, he, if you ain't a big-name guy, Q, he be going to sleep. Now, when Glenn left the building, all that changed. And that changed before, you know, that change occurred, before he got the money. You know, he had to find a way to motivate himself because – you had no name wide receivers cooking, laddie daddy. I got to give him that. And it was like he was only going to get worse if you give him the money. When he got paid, 
he played a lot better. Now, he had some injuries, too. Lattimore did. But he played and leveled up and took his game to another level with the money. Ramchek, I can't say that about Ramchek. Ramchek been banged up, and even when he was out there, he do, he doesn't look like himself. And it could be he that he was hurt, you know, and he was dealing with something. He's not totally healthy. But Ramchek, since the Saints gave Ramchek all that money, he didn't. He looks like a shell of himself. And that you could say it's injuries. It's got to be injuries to have that severe of a drop off. I can't have. I, I logically can't come up with any other reason to why his game looks so off. Then the injuries. I got to say that it's injured for him to drop because I know he ain't got the money and just went to the mall and just start buying up everything. <laughs> Started eating all the food that he couldn't afford. I got to attribute to the fact that the man was banged up. So he will have to kind of resalvage himself, sort of, sort of uh, so to speak, because he has to improve upon his game. He's the Saints' best offensive lineman, and he has to play like it. He has to be that guy. And I was for the longest time saying, even I don't care if you got to pay him extra money to put him on the left side. I don't care. But that's where he belongs. And the Saints did it in reverse, and that's why a lot of that mess was just screwed up all over the place. They did a lot of stuff that just didn't make sense last year. Let's hope this can change this year. That's the whole sticking point. But, no, I'm not nervous about pinning. I think Penning will be fine just as long as he's healthy and they allow him to play. Because he had spots where he was actually, he looked pretty good. His temperament is what the Saints offensive line need. They need his nasty temperament. Like these guys, they don't play with no attitude, especially last year. They don't play with any ferocity consistently from an off. It takes, you got to dominate, dominate, you dominate it takes a certain type of mentality and attitude that you got to have consistently a nasty disciplined gritty mentality that you got to have and play with consistently game after game to just 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 push over teams and they didn't play with that mentality McCoy you know he has nasty streaks every now and again but these this nice guy they got a lot of guys with nice guy mentalities Ramcheck ain't playing with any ferocity, not over last year. You know, last year, Andrews Pete is he's banged up in and out of lineup. Cesar Ruiz has done a decent job, but what Penning brings is nastiness. We need that temperament on the Saints' offensive line. We needed we need them all to get that to a degree and play with a controlled nastiness, not an undisciplined, uncontrolled one that gets you penalties, but a controlled ferocity on the offensive line in terms of having our alignment to play as a unified nasty front under control you see what i'm saying that's what i would like but now i ain't mad at him too much bro i think he'll be all right yeah jc says landon young was a late six round pick you i'm not expecting much out of him to be honest well yeah landon young to me bro has potential like if you watch the 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 film when he came out of kentucky they had even though he got picked up late they they thought he would go early the saints were really happy about getting landon young very talented out of college. Now, he did have some issues, too, where he got banged up. But a lot of people expect Landon Young to be uh, uh, a rotation guy in this in this Saints offensive line. They they like Landon. So, he got to step his game up, man. A lot of them do. Ramsey, shout out to you. Shout out to all the fam, man. I appreciate y'all being up in here, man. I haven't done the show in about four or five days, so it's good to get back talking with you guys, man. I've been doing all this stuff, man, uh, with the with the fam. I right, Ram says, uh, "Q, keep my dad in your prayers." Cause I just found out he has. Oh yes, I'm, I'm, I apologize, bro, for uh, uh, 
uh, not mentioning that, bro. I just seen your comment on that, bro. But yes, uh, prayers most definitely to you, my friend, uh, in a speedy recovery from cancer, man. Uh, a lot of people, man, are, are afflicted with that situation, man, going through that stuff. And, and it's a shame. But yes, prayers, healing vibrations and prayers, my friend, to your father to uh, make it through that. Much love, bro. Thank you. All right. Uh, Daniel says, what I don't understand with all the money they make is why they have all this bad health and fragile bones. Yeah, <laughs> I would think that they could be able to afford the best health care. Yeah, you know, yeah, you think about that, man. You know, I, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know what's going on there, you know. They talk about, like, the nutrition aspect, but, you know, it's like a counterfeit nutrition. A lot of, you know what I found out, man, I ain't going to get on the spill. I'm going to cover this article. But a lot of the nutrition that they talk about is not really actual organic nutrition. It's like some corporal, it's like some corporate uh, artificial type stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, everything is not organic and real, you know? It's like how, how, how all this stuff happens. And you can't help but to see that most of the time that, you know, a person could, like how these guys be looking big but are you big because you organically done it or did you cheat did you take something to help you get bigger that you see what i'm saying that type of stuff and see that plays on your mind too when you start doing stuff like that because you lose control of your emotions you start doing silly shit it's just you know it's it's a right way and a wrong way to get that and a lot of times people be caught in the in in the in the in the business of trying to get stronger fast because they got timelines and dates. It's just, it's just a part of the game. It's a nasty, ugly side of the business that a lot of the people don't want to talk about. Just give me the football cue. I don't want to hear about all that other stuff. That's a risk that they take, but they taking that risk because of the money. You're not, see, you're not, you're not going to earn millions of dollars playing a kid's sport without making a sacrifice. Maybe a couple of them. You know what I mean? to your body and all to your body, which tied to your mind, to your spirit and everything. And you realize like when these guys start playing, how much of a mess that they really are, how batshit crazy they are, how broken down and crippled these people are. So they need this money. And when they go through this gauntlet only, and if they make it out on the other side, if they're not driven crazy by the constant concussions and whatever they put in their body, that's not organic. Cause they, you know, most of them doing it, not all, but we know what time it is that they need that money to survive on the other side. So you take the risk and gamble. You stare the, the monster in the face and you hope that you can make it out with enough goods and treasures so that you can take care of yourself and your family. So, you know, this this is the ugly side of the business, man, that a lot of people don't want to talk about. That's that real deal. All right. So uh, shout out to you, fam. All right. David says, I'd rather have Paris Johnson uh, number 10 this year, then pinning. All right. Thank you for that, bro. Uh, Young City Night was his cue. What about running back from Tulane, Ty J Spears? He's another guy climbing up the charts, man. I can show you an article about people talking about Ty J Spears and that he's no longer a secret. People know exactly who Ty J Spears, you know, who he is. And a lot of people had Ty J Spears as a third round running back, man. That does seem uh, mock drafts where he he goes in the second round. Hell, you know, it, 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 he's no longer a secret. You know, you put the tape on, it's everything to like about this kid. You know, it's everything to like. Yoshi, uh, shout out to you, says, uh, 
Davenport was hungry that last game. <laughs> Davenport was crazy that last game. Davenport slapped the man inside the helmet and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, yeah, man, you know, it's that maturity thing, you know. You know, he never could totally put it together, man. Davenport never could put it together here, man. Couldn't stay healthy. Uh, you know, it just he just what a disappointment that guy was, man. So he's Minnesota's issue, and we'll see. All right, thank you, Yoshi, for that, man. Shout out to you. All right. And praise God says Jordan Davis, the only defensive lineman to hit Mahomes in the Super Bowl, that D-line seven deep. JD, only one to hit Mahomes, superstar. Yeah, big guy. All right. So this is the thing, man. Um, let's get into this article right here. The Saints are close to completing their offseason checklist. This is from Kat Terrell. Shout out to her. She says the draft is now. It is a few weeks away, and we will be doing the mock the uh the draft live here, like we do it every year, fam. Y'all know for the three days that the draft happened, I'll be live for the summation, the first, the round one, the second and third round, and then the remaining rounds, I'll be live like I've been doing for years now on the channel. So we'll be covering it move by move. We'll be getting reaction from you guys. It will be fun. So you get your popcorn and everything. And we'll just be for three days. We'll just be having fun with the draft in a couple of weeks. So can't wait for that to happen. All right. And this is uh with the quote, right? She got, she got here from Dennis Allen. I think we made some nice moves in free agency. You're always looking to see where you can continue to try to fill out your roster, but we feel good about where we are right now. So I'm making consider the off season, a success with the addition of quarterback Derek Carr with the added bonus of reworking wide receiver Michael Thomas's contract to keep him in New Orleans. Very good. Very good moves. Team needed a boost on offense with their numbers in free fall for the past couple of years. They ranked third in scoring in 2019, 28.6 points per game. With quarterback Breeze and Thomas being a major factor in the success of the team. KT says uh, Duggan, Hacksaw Duggan, Lindsey Scott or DTR in round seven. You think Duggan's going to be available in round seven, KT? I think Duggan's probably going to go before seven, bro. I do like Lindsey Scott, man. You think Lindsey Scott gets drafted? Uh, you got to you gotta say he does, huh, KT? I would, I would say I like the way you got him lined up, bro. But I don't know if Duggan, if, if Hacksaw Duggan is there, in in round seven, you got to take him, man, because the dude is just his heart, man. The way he plays football, his heart is big, man. So I got to go hacksaw then hacksaw Duggan in that one, bro. True hurt, shout out to you. What's going on with you, my friend? I appreciate you, bro. Thank you, KT. Thank you. True hurts. Much love to your fam. Uh, what's going on with me, bro? Is I'm <laughs> just chilling, doing good, bro. I take a few days off, man. But you know what, man. Uh, you got to do that every now and again, fam. You know, I do a lot, man. So kind of just, you know, kind of taking a little chill pill for, for a minute. And, uh, you know, you got family, you got other little side things that I've been doing and putting together. So uh, I had to take a little chill pill there, my friends. So I appreciate y'all ch- <laughs> checking on your boy. All right. Thank you. All right. So let's get back into it. Those numbers plummeted in 20 in, in the night in the, uh, to 19 and 21 with 21.4 points per game, 22nd last season and 19.4 points per game after Breeze retired and Thomas playing only three games in two seasons because of injuries. Well, 
Drew Brees retired several years ago, and Mike Thomas hasn't played <laughs> steadily several years ago. So, but when Mike plays, he's a force, you know. But the the thing is, Mike playing. So the Saints had to do what they could do to kind of brace up against that. They did Jarvis Landry last year, bringing him in. And he gave us some stuff when he was healthy. This year, they're bringing Brian Edwards, a big physical wide receiver in, who averages 16 yards per catch. And he's a guy that makes the 50-50 grabs. He's a guy that goes across the middle. He's a guy that it takes a couple of defenders to bring a big 6'3", 220-pound wide receiver down. So, of course, we had wide receivers, big physical guys that we were really always happy about and and see if these guys can do something in the regular season. Some of them really couldn't. We had guys like Brandon Coleman who would disappear at times. He was a massive six foot six wide receiver, but played like he was 5'11". You know, he's just, you know, he had the, the mindset of a 5'11 wide receiver. He would let 5'10 or 5'11 uh, height wide uh, cornerbacks knock the ball out of his hand. I don't know how that would happen. He just didn't have that heart. You had the guys like Emmanuel, what's his name? Uh, What's this, the guy, Emmanuel? Um, y'all put in the chat. Y'all remember Emmanuel. He was 6'4", had good speed. Peyton loved this guy, but he couldn't do anything. You had Cameron Meredith, who was here. Another guy that we got from Chicago, really excited about Cam Meredith and didn't do nothing for us. So, you know, we got Brian Edwards here, and hopefully Brian Edwards could kind of be that. I ain't asking him to be a Michael Thomas replacement. But if something happened with Mike, well, Mike can't go. Like, you expect that over the last several years that you would like a guy like him to step in. Now, don't get me wrong. I still think the Saints addressed the wide receiver position again in the draft, most certainly in the undrafted ranks, but most certainly in the draft. There's too many really good wide receivers that will be available after round four, between rounds four and six. You can have, you have some really good talent that you can reach to, and you can get a big guy that's 6'3", 6'4", or, you know, 6'2", 6'3", 6'4". That's a physical guy that can catch things across the middle and, of course, have some speed. They kind of have some duality. You can move them around the field. So you you have several options that you can look at. But anyway, the upcoming season, the Saints are banking on the connection between Carr and the potentially healthy Thomas to return the offense to what it was. I don't know if it's entirely that. More so, are we really looking at, let's just be real here. Are we really looking at Michael Thomas family and saying to ourselves, hey, man, Michael Thomas and Derek Carr. Oh, man, that's going to be the not. And we ain't even looking at that no more. You know why? Because I think that window to a degree is closed. We already done spanned because you have a new wide receiver on the team who has a lot higher ceiling and more potential than what Michael Thomas was. At one time, Michael Thomas was that guy. He's no longer that guy. It's Chris Olave's world now. And until Michael Thomas is morally, is now his compliment. To be honest with you, until Mike can show us that he can stay healthy. Now, we know Mike out there busting his tail to try to get back on the field, but he has to show himself first and the rest of us, secondly, that he can be a counted-on factor. He's been missing in games four years now. In four years. And I don't think it's a Carb-Thomas connection. I think it's more so uh, it's a team effort. And that's how the Saints win. We got to get back to, okay, having Thomas or having Carr and Thomas or Carr and Chris Olave connect. No, 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 no. That's, that's, no. The way we won back in the day is when we had a full bevy of wide receivers that can do different things. 
That way the quarterback wouldn't just pinpoint one guy and then we would just force the ball to him. No, 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 no. We didn't have to do that. We moved the ball around through the offense based on who was healthy. I mean, healthy and open, right? Who was open, who worked their way open. And that way defenses could not lock in on your guys because everybody had the opportunity to shine. Now, don't get me wrong. Chris Olave will improve. Rashid Shaheed will approve, improve. We'll see what Brian Edwards has to offer. And I'm, you know, I don't expect big things, but I think he'll come in and help. So we don't want to put too much of the onus. That's the problem. We want to put all the onus on these guys. No, we need them to operate as a team. And if they operate as a team and they, and, and they give Carr, you know, Jamal Williams, Elvin Kamara when he's there, maybe another running back that they add as a third guy to help out in a rotation, another veteran tight end to steady the tight end room or a guy you might draft high because they feel like it might be time for that. Maybe, you know, that helps giving them a safety blanket. If you know, you can move around, uh, you know, Johnson, the way you want to move him around and you can still have another text. Cause I see that's a, a, a point of interest as well. So you want to be able to add as many weapons around your quarterback as you possibly can. And then you move this thing forward as a unit. You want to give him all the options, all the options so they can't pinpoint one guy or the other because everybody's shining. So we still have some things to do. When we look at the Saints offense, yeah, we got Chris Olave. Yeah, we got uh, Rashid Shaheed. Yeah, we got Michael Thomas when he, if he can remain healthy. But what about guys behind him if injuries start happening? We know Brian Edwards, maybe he could do some positive things. But behind him, who else you got? Now, I do like, you know, I do, I do like, I'm going to put it on, I do like Kirk Meredith, but they didn't play Meredith that much, but Key Kirkwood to me and Traquan Smith to me, it, you know, ugh, you know, so you might need to address it with another wide receiver. So we look good if as long as guys are healthy, but if guys start getting banged up and this is in the NFL, then what do you look like then? You're going to start forcing the ball to the other guy? So we got to do a better job of improving our wide receiver group we add Brian Edwards that that was a positive, but we still got to add some more, maybe another weapon in the draft. And of course we'll look at it on the back end, maybe bringing in a veteran wide receiver to kind of, you know, as right before training camp starts too. And we'll keep adding to it and have some competition in that wide receiver room. Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this basketball season. Test your skills on prize picks. The most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players Pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code get100. That's code get100 at prizepicks.com/get100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Okay, round 2. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So that's also something we can look at moving forward. So I won't put the pressure on any one individual player. I would rather have them play constructively as a team. Adding running back Jamal Williams, who rushed for a league-leading 17 touchdowns in Detroit last year. Astronomical move for the Saints offense, to be honest with you. This guy plays the game the right way. He got speed and power. He knows how to find the end zone. As you can see, it's 17 touchdowns, which is ridiculous for Detroit to let him out of the building. That was totally dumb, but thank you, thank you Detroit. We got a gift. But you add Nelvin Kamara with this kid, and of course, if Kamara does you know, misses some games for discipline, you know, from the NFL, that Jamal Williams can step in and you're definitely going to need a counterbalance to Jamal Williams more than likely get him in the draft. The Saints can help out. And there are a lot of really good running backs that can complement the Saints running back room as well. So, you know, we'll see how it all plays there, but there's still some work to be done in terms of that. ESPN draft experts Matt Miller and Jordan Reed recently broke down some of the top needs remaining for the Saints, noting the wide receiver and defensive line still could be improved. I agree. I would kind of flip-flop the order in terms of the importance because the Saints' defensive line still needs help. Now, you got Jalen Saunders. You have, uh, uh, excuse me, Kalen, Kalen Saunders. And then you have the uh, Nate Shepard, the other defensive tackle. And listen, they did some positive things for their team. But I still have to see. You know, I know how Kalen Saunders plays. He had three and a half sacks for the Kansas City Chiefs, Chiefs last year. Big Nate Shepard had a sack and a half for the Jets, and you put the film on. These guys play very forcefully. They very, play, they're very violent. They're very active. And they don't give up any gain. They don't give up any ground. They're always pushing and causing problems. The issue is, what's behind them? Now, the only thing you got is Malcolm Roach. You still need beef in, in the interior of the defensive line. You still need another veteran you got to add there. You still need at least two or three more interior defensive linemen that you're going to add there just in case injuries pop up because that happens. You don't – Saunders and uh, Shepard are a stout interior, but it's all about the rotation. You're not going to have them wear those big guys out in the middle. You got to create a, a balanced rotation to add to it so – that's also a position that the Saints should have drafted. And like I said, if I'm in a draft, fam, I'm looking at two interior defensive linemen. Like, I'll get a defensive end and then get a defensive tackle up high early, you know, between one and three. And then I would then, toward the back of the draft, you know, you know, pick up another defensive tackle, you know, uh, you know that can help out. So, because you need that. You need other guys. Of course, they're going to bring undrafted guys in. I would still bring a veteran in before training camp. Just kind of have a vet to push the, you know, kind of push the uh, or the pace for the the backup guys, you know. Or then again, what could be done is I would probably end up kind of sliding two new passing your inside. You know what I'm saying, family? That would be also something I would consider too, because I think to new passing your as he gets a little older. I mean, he can give you a little something on the edge, but he's six seven, fam. Passanio is a six foot seven interior. I mean, he's a six foot seven player. The older he gets, he moves, he loses a step or two, but he would serve you well as an interior guy. And I know the Saints do; they can play him inside out. But I would play him more inside than out. 
because he's a guy that can stand in there and he can bat balls down around there. I mean, you ain't throwing over no six foot second, seven guy. He always looking, he's good at that. Always looking to bat balls down to trying to, I would, that's what I would do with him to help out the interior situation and would go about kind of adding some old defensive guys, even not bringing a veteran and draft the guy high. So I would still be about the business of trying to get my defensive line together because you got to get pressure. You can't say we got whatever we got here. It's good enough, Q. We don't need nobody else. We got all these guys. We good. Nah, man, we not good. We still need help there because you got to be able to rush the passer. You got to put pressure on the quarterback. Notable, Allen mentioned run stuffing ability when discussing them on the defensive line. Kalen Sanders reminds me of Hollis Thomas. You, if people remember Hollis Thomas. Hollis Thomas was a former uh, Philadelphia Eagle player, the Saints sign. And Hollis Thomas came down here. All he did was raise tail in, turn, in, in terms of playing interior from the Saints perspective. And listen, a lot of people don't invoke Hollis Thomas's name when they talk about uh, defensive tackles nowadays. But when when uh, when Dennis Allen said that, I was like, yes, indeed. I went and looked at Saunders' film and then looked at, remember, Hollis Thomas, how he played. And Hollis Thomas is one of those defensive tackles that we forget to talk about. Like we'll mention really good interior guys. We'll talk about Leroy Glover. We'll talk about Big Norman Hand. We'll talk about Wayne Martin. We'll talk about Jim Wilkes and Frank Warren, some of these other big guys that played on the defensive line. You know, we'll, but we'll forget to mention guys like Hollis Thomas, man, you know. and uh, But Hollis Thomas, was a, he always kept that pressure on you, man. He always did. So he says, big square body, athletic can move, good run stuff, but yet has some pass rush ability, sneaky pass rush ability, ability to push the pocket inside. So I think he's going to help us in that regard, maybe slightly more athletic than what, what we saw with Shy. Yeah, well, you know, Shy, the Saints tried to kind of, Push shy to a rotational guy. They brought in Kent Street, Contavia Street. They thought Contavia Street would be the guy that kind of, based on how he played in previous stint, that Contavia Street would take the position from Shy Tuttle. That's not how it happened. Kent Street never stepped up. Oh, he didn't step up to the level to challenge Shy Tuttle, and Shy Tuttle simply held on to the position. Kent Street was very ineffective, and he was part of the rotation that gave up all of those yards. So when you had guys like, uh, Shy Tuttle and um, and David Onyemata, yeah, Kent Street and Malcolm Roach played and others that was there. It was some of those guys that was getting swept out of there. So you know, with Shy, you know, Kent Street, he ended up going. To, I think well, I forgot whatever it was, but good riddance. But he was supposed to be a guy that was supposed to challenge for that position, and that never happened. I thought he would too, based on his his former stops. It just didn't happen. I really think Nate Shepard is a similar play, player to David Onyemata. And I've seen uh, Nathan Shepard's film, and i watched David Onyemata. I don't know if I would say similar, because David Onyemata seems to me to have more work, like more force and, and, and push and nastiness like than what I've seen from Nate Shepard. Now, you've seen Nate – I've seen footage. I haven't seen Nate Shepard lose ground. And I've seen him as physical – I seen him as in not like super violent, but the guy you not you know you can see the guy knows what he's doing. Definitely more of a run stopper than a, a a guy that pushes the pocket, but he ain't losing no ground. You see, so I I mean he calls him David Onyemata. I think he was that's a bit of a reach there because David Onyemata. Uh, one of the things David Onyemata always did well was even when he was a raw ass rookie. And in his second year, David Onyemata would find a way to get into the backfield. 
And that's why he got a lot of that playing time because Sheldon Rankins was always hurt. Remember, the Saints drafted Sheldon Rankins with the first-round pick that year, and they picked up David Onyemata with the fourth-round pick that year. And David Onyemata didn't get hurt. He played when he was supposed to. When Sheldon Rankins was hurt, Onyemata was playing. He got all them hot minutes, and he developed in something awesome. But he is something that he never lacked was power, and he was always getting in the backfield. Now, when he, he didn't make no plays when he got back there, but he was always getting back there, disrupting things. So I, I didn't see that from Nate Shepard's game. Every, accordingly, you know, a few footage that I did see when I didn't see uh, a lot of that going on. So I don't know about that. Some of the same success on outside has come with inside rush to complement the edge rushers. The edge rushers, Cam Jordan and Trey Henderson combined for 21 sacks in 2020, the same year Onyemata had a career six and a half himself, former Saints defensive tackle Sheldon Rankins. Also a good compliment that Jordan had a com- uh, two combined for 20 sacks in 2018. But still there remains the uncertainty on the outside. Marcus Davenport gone after finishing with a half a sack in 2022. A half a sack. A half a sack. Can you believe that? Absolutely crazy. The Saints must rely on the 33-year-old Jordan to help siphon out the untapped potential in the 21 first-round pick Peyton Turner, who has Three career sacks. Carl Granderson, undrafted guy, who has five and a half sacks last season, has has promised going into his fifth season with New Orleans. It's five years, going on five years that Granderson been here. Wow. But it's unclear if he's the answer as the full-time starter. I concur with Cat with on this. You got a first-round draft pick in Peyton Turner. Um. You got to have to see what he can do. He got the first round grade. Carl Granderson is definitely more prepared to play the position than he is, but he's not a first round draft pick. The Saints got to see what value Peyton Turner has. So it's a, it'll be, have to be a competition between the two, Peyton Turner and Granderson. But some, the loser becomes a situational pass rusher, right? The third end. But you still need another guy opposite to play to Cam. So you, you got two on one and two, you know, another one behind Cam on the other side. Who is that guy? Well, this unofficial depth chart says to new passing yo. I said that's not good enough. That's not good enough. That's why I was saying the Saints need to really look at edge rushers in this draft. They really need to look at edge rushers. They really do. And an interior defensive lineman to help out. But really they need to get somebody that can really help them fire off because Cam's getting up there. Uh, You don't know what you got in Peyton Turner, but you got to see. And Carl Granderson has done a decent job, but is he ready for that next step? And still in all, even if these guys are what they are, you still need another guy because passing you is not the answer. You know, you're going to rotate him like, oh, I I hope they don't, but some probably tell me they will. But anyway, there you go. You need pass rush is very, very, very important. There's no question about it. Talents, Thomas Talent has been his, his talent, but his availability is a concern. Ten games between 2020 and 2022, 10 games. Allen also said Thomas is not yet 100% after having surgery on his toe last fall, although he seemed optimistic about his future. Well, he should be. They got the they got the, the medicals. They got the timeline. See, they, we're not in the dark, in the fog, like, and we're going, I'm probably going to do a quick report on Zion Williamson and Pelican Post game report ahead of him. Report that was released about Zion Williamson not being nowhere near ready. What? But see, the thing is, you can't tell me if you got doctors, plural, on your staff 
that they're not working with timelines. And there are timelines. And if anybody got the medical information in the timeline on where he is in his development, it's the head coach. They know exactly what's going on with a said player. They know exactly what time it is. So, you know, sometimes, you know, they'll add extra time on there just to allow the player to, to kind of work his way back. But the, the, you know, a lot of people opinion of Michael Thomas has already been developed to the point where he's like, man, get him out of here, trade him. I'm like, no, man, because if it's one, if it's a small percentage or of a chance that Michael Thomas could play, then I want him on my squad. You heard me? I'm just going to be honest with you. I want him on my team. If, if it's, a, if he, if it's once, if it's a small percentage of a chance that he's, he, we can get him this year and he's healthy. Then let man listen. I put him on my squad, man. Because people forget when he's healthy what he looks like. Like just go back to that Atlanta game where Jameis lit, they lit him up in that fourth quarter, right? Michael Thomas had what three touchdowns in that game. He was instrumental in killing those people. So it's like you get an outright dog if he's healthy, but when he's not, it's just like you know. So is this finally the year when we get to see Michael Thomas play a bunch of games this year? You know, is this the year? You know, where the Saints say, hey, man, we're going to rework your contract. This is a one-year proven year, so you're going to have to show us what we got. We already got Chris Olave in here. and Eventually, the Saints are going to draft a wide receiver. I don't think it'll be high in the draft, but they'll add a guy in the, in the draft somewhere to be added to the wide receiver room. They should because they got a lot of really good ones out there. And we'll just have to see, man. The Saints might have to move on from Mike, but we'll see this year. But if this is one percentage chance that Michael Thomas is healthy, man, I'm taking it, bro. I'm sorry. I'm I'm taking it. But the Saints can't bank everything on Thomas staying healthy. There is a potential in Rashid Shaheed and also in 2022 first-round pick Chris Olave, who had over 1,000 yards receiving in his rookie campaign. But it would make sense for the Saints to continue to add to their receiver group. The question is whether they look for a pure receiver or a pass-catching tight end. Why not both? Or maybe a balancing act because they got both in the draft. Of course, the Saints were looking at Foster Monroe. They brought him back to complete his physical. Could there be a situation where they kind of put him on the inactive list and see what he looks like in a couple of months? You know, I still say the Saints could be looking at getting a tight end, perhaps a veteran, uh, before training camp starts. They still got a few people that's out there. The Saints haven't had a superstar tight end since Jimmy Graham, but they traded to uh, that. But they traded him to the Seahawks back in 2014. Their tight end room is converted quarterback Taysom Hill, converted receiver Jawan Johnson, and 2020 third round pick Adam the Fishman Troutman. Although the Saints resigned Johnson, who had seven touchdowns last year, Troutman is entering a contract year, making it possible to try to upgrade. The Saints are clearly on the hunt for a tight end. After they brought in free agent Foster Monroe, 12 career touchdowns for the Raiders for a visit, ultimately did not sign after physical conducted by the Saints medical staff revealed they had Hodgkin lymphoma and will need to step away from football for treatment. On to the next one. There might not be a lot of buzz for high draft pick on guard, but the Saints might need to start looking for the left guard of the future. New Orleans was able to keep Andrews Pete in the fold after he took a pay cut to return in 2023, but his contract will void next year. The 29-year-old who was drafted in 2015, first round as a tackle prospect, 
has struggled with injuries and hasn't played more than 13 games since 2017. Wow. That says a lot. But like she said, they did, the Saints did rework Andrew's contract and gave him like one year left on like another situation. Yes, and this is true. This is true. And this also could be a situation where do the Saints take that guard this year or simply wait till next year to get a guard? If Andrews Pete is banged up, you know, what happens? Do they just go simply into, they go to the James Hurst option? You know, do they take an offensive lineman uh, with the with the pick that doesn't play? You know, so, I mean, we'll see how it all goes, man. But uh, the Saints seem set bringing Andrews Pete back and they keep the continuity of the offense together. You know, we'll see. But I don't think Andrews will be on this team next year. I think eventually, whether it's this year or next year, the Saints will definitely end up replacing. The Saints have spent a lot of early picks on linemen in recent years, drafting right tackle Ryan Ravchek in the first round of the 2017 draft, right guard Cesar Ruiz in the first round of the 2020 draft, and left tackle Trevor Penning in the first round in the most recent draft. New Orleans did not have a first rounder in 2019, but took McCoy with its first pick at number 48. Pete's eventual replacement might not come on day one this year, but the Saints will likely keep their eye out for the next long-term lineman prospect. We'll see, man. We shall see exactly how it all folds. But like I say, the Saints have done a pretty good job thus far, looking at their depth chart, of filling some holes. Now, they're not out of the water, but they, they've done a really good job of giving a replacement for the Elvin Kamara, the Derek Carr move, Gives the Saints a lead at quarterback, a guy that control the ball down the field. Reworking Jameis' contract, and Jameis signing the rework contract to stay on with the team was big. Uh, also, the Jamal Williams thing was really huge for the Saints. They still need a third running back there. Uh, you know, finding, you know, the injuries to Michael Thomas was troublesome, but we discovered Rashid Shaheed, so that's a positive. Chris Olave got an opportunity to develop. But the Saints still need help behind those guys. Now, Brian Edwards is a big guy. Like I said, he comes and he knows Derek Carr. Uh, Average of 16 yards per catch, pretty good. But who you got behind those guys? Traquan Smith, Keith Kirkwood, uh, you know, not really exciting. Then you have guys like Kirk Merritt who does have some potential. So does Quan Baker, this former seven-round draft pick for the black and gold. So they can use some help there. Tight end room could definitely use a veteran. I like Lucas Crawl, but the veteran, they definitely need a veteran in that room. Saints could use some help in the backup offensive lineman situation. Can respect the fact the Saints kept their line together in an attempt to think about the continuity. Because, listen, order for the Saints to have success this upcoming season, they must dominate on the offense and defensive line. The Saints offensive line has to play, play together with a force and have decent uh, replacements or backups ready to move in if injuries happen to their starters. You know, you know, James Hurst has done an admirable job. I'm not big on Kelvin Throckmorton, so that's why I'm pushing for more competition from the backup situation in the Saints' will. Saints reworking their entire defensive line, not entire, but three of your four starters on the defensive line are gone. Davenport, on your mind, and Shai Tuttle gone. You got three new starters next to Cam Jordan there. How does that work out? You know, that's a big part because the Saints are, what, what are we going to do this year philosophy-wise? We move from the talent to the philosophy. We talk about the talent all the time. But moving to the philosophy of it, what does this team look like? Obviously, 
I don't see the Saints as a defensive first team anymore. If you bring Derek Carr and spend $150 million or whatever it was bringing Carr here, you expect the Saints offense to carry its own water now. You got Derek Carr here. You got Jamal Williams here. But along with Chris Olave, Rashid Shaheed, whoever else they kind of add, they gave Jawan Johnson his money. They kind of reworked everybody, kept the Saints offensive line together. So I expect the offense of the Saints to average more than 19 points a game. I don't know what that's going to end up being, but you got to think with a guy that can sling the ball down the field and scare the hell out of defenses that the Saints, you know, they can get back up to over 21 points a contest at least. But, you know, but the defense, man, the defense might need to be carried at first because a lot of the pivotal guys that we had in terms of like, even though David Onyemata didn't do well last year, that was last year, you know, and he didn't have much of a rotation of players with him. Like Shai Tuttle was just as guilty as David Onyemata. So, and the Saints was like, and I never understood why the Saints just didn't go out and get a Malcolm Brown type for a long time. Malcolm Brown was available. Saints didn't make a move, and Dennis Allen just sat there and allowed the team to just fall apart. He didn't bring in any veterans, like veterans that can come in and impact the defensive line right away and stop the bleeding and help the Saints out. He kept running the same people out there. I, I just didn't understand what, 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 what the, the, the thought process was. You see they're failing game after game. Go get somebody else and help them. Didn't do it. Just, just let them fall apart. No vision. But at the end of the day, you got Shepard and Saunders. I don't know what these guys can do together. I've seen tape of them at their previous stops, the Jets and the Chiefs. But I don't know what these guys are going to do together. You know, and then you couple that with the fact that the Saints add new personnel because a lot of the guys that help make the Saints defense secondary-wise good are gone. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Wells Fargo presents one of the surest ways to grow your money. A Wells Fargo CD account. Where you can earn a 5.00% annual percentage yield on an 11-month term with a minimum opening deposit of $5,000. Visit a Wells Fargo branch or wellsfargo.com backslash CD rates to open a CD account and start growing your savings with us. Wells Fargo Bank, N.A., member FDIC. A lot of our secondary personnel are gone. We got new guys here. So there's going to be a bit of a learning process in terms of the Saints on defense, even though Dennis Allen's brain is still there on the defense and he's bringing guys in there, there's still going to be some type of learning process to happen with new players coming into the defense and the adjustment of new assistant coaches to figure out what they can be, you know, that these guys need to be on the same page from a coaching standpoint, then that kind of trends toward the the personnel on the field. So there's still a a work of uh, uh, incomplete work of art in terms of the Saints defense. They still need help. From an edge rush standpoint, I'm not totally comfortable with them right now. Like if they were to play a game right now, I'm not comfortable with the defensive end rotation outside of Cam. I like Carl Granison. I just I don't know if he's ready and he's been here going on for five years. I don't know if he's, the, you know, going to be a force for you. He's your starting end game after game. I don't know what that looks like. I think he'll do all right, but you still need a rotation. 
Peyton Turner, if he gets banged up, then who you have. So the Saints still need to work interiorly, edge and interior for the defensive line. Linebackers, you still need help there because even though you bring back Dowell, you got DeMarco Jackson, who was a fifth-round pick from Appalachian State last year, got banged up. Don't know what he's going to be. I think he will be well, but it takes some time. Ty Summers, Nephi Sewell, and Conley, all these guys are simply special teams players. Where's the veteran at if Pete Werner gets banged up or Demario Davis gets banged up? The Saints look like they're going to do sit there with Zach Bond and say, well, Zach Bond could do what Kate Nellis did last year when he was able to earn himself a contract for the Atlanta Falcons. And, Pey- and Pey- Zach Bond's a third-round draft pick who the Saints moved up to go and get. So they're trying to prove that they still didn't lose anything with Zach Bond. But look, anyway, even though schematically Zach Bond's a 3-4 end, that's, that's done away with. This guy's in the final year of his contract. He's been on the same team here with the Saints four years now, and it's time for him to step up. It's no excuse for this. And I understand you played that in college, but you've had several NFL years to learn what you need to learn. You train with the Watt boys to learn how to do what you got to do, and it's time for you to step up and handle the business, man. I don't miss me with all that other stuff about you're a 3-4 in. No, right now you play in the full three system if they need you for a third linebacker, and the Saints play mostly modified nickel anyway, and he struggles. He does tend to struggle in, in past situations, but he's going to have to find a better way to place himself and to be able to see when things are developing. Because if Pete Werner goes down again, Zach Bond's going to be the guy that sits next to Demario Davis. Are you comfortable with that? You see? And it's a difference to a degree between Caden Ellis and him. And Caden Ellis had struggles too when guys would get behind him and he would let, remember that? There were games where guys would throw at Caden Ellis because he was out of place. And something, a light went on and he started to play better and he started to, you know, just finding out what they needed to do, and he just took off. Ken Zach Bond had that same, that same type of uh, growth. We'll see, man. But in my opinion, we had Eric Wilson here. Maybe we need to go if he's afraid of Eric Wilson. I know Quan Alexander's still out there. None of these guys are going to be expensive. You're talking a couple million, maybe the veteran, uh, a couple mil for Eric Davis. I know Quan probably looking for three or four million on a one-year deal. He played all the games for the Jets last year. Think about that. Quan Alexander actually filled out a whole season worth of games for the Jets. Could he be somebody like, you know, you bring down big Nate Shepard from the Jets. Could Quan be coming with him? Why not? The Saints will have the bread. They can make a deal to bring him in. And simply, I would rather see Quan running around out there or, or, or Eric Wilson than to see Zach Bond. But like I said, man, we'll see. And, of course, the secondary is probably the most, the best unit of the team right now. And I, haven't, I know they haven't played any games. But from a depth chart perspective, you look at what the Saints secondary has, fam, and, I mean, you've got to be salivating right here because they've done a wonderful job. You still have Paulson Adebo coming off the sophomore slump season where he struggled, struggled but still did pretty well. Lattimore's healthy. Paulson will do better in, in year three. Alante Taylor is there as well, and we really big big ups on Alante Taylor, his versatility, how he plays the games, intelligence, speed, his hitting ability, really good. And then the Saints really did a tremendous thing by knowing that Tyron Matthew is getting toward the back end of his career. Marcus May could be first facing discipline for the DUI situation he had with the Jets, so they got some, got him some help. 
They got him Jonathan Abrams, who will knock your block off, and Lonnie Johnson Jr., who's a very versatile guy that could play safety or cornerback for you. They also have JT Gray that they added. He's a special teams component. So I like what the Saints have done. Hugo Amadi is another special teams guy that does really well. So in Smoke Monday's the guy a lot of people looking at. So the Saints still could add some more help there if they feel like they need to in the secondary. But right now, the most complete unit you have on the defense prior to the draft is the secondary. You still need some help with the linebackers to brace up against Pete Werner and Demario. When is he step? You got Demario's getting old, just like Cam. So you want to be able to have guys to step up. So the question mark with Zach Bond and Demarco Jackson, how fast can these guys get it? You know, even though Bond's been there for years, he should be able to pick up and run with it. And then of course the defensive line, it is what it is. So, so yes, we got the draft coming around, man. So it's going to be very interesting. So let's do a brief recap, fam. We covered the Saints prospects and visits and workouts that the team has had and the guys that they're looking at. Some of these guys, Saints might draft, maybe not. Maybe there'll be guys that the Saints pick up. And the undrafted side of things, you know, we do we good at doing that if some of these guys fall through the cracks. Saints are good at doing that. Also, we talked about the addition. The Saints had also had a pro day in which Cephas Johnson and Takeem Doss shined on. That's two more players the Saints are looking at. And they just keep that notebook a turning. And remember some of the players that we had that can help out once the draft once the draft hits. And also we talk about the Saints continue to build a roster around Carr and Thomas heading to the draft. I don't think so much of Carr and Thomas, even though Thomas is a big part of the game, I think that is passed. I think it's more Carr and Olave and company than anything. I think the Saints really need to focus on making a complete offensive unit like we had in our most stellar years when Drew Brees was operating. He had weapons and people to throw to that was all over the field, and it was hard pinpointing what the Saints was going to do from week to week because the ball got placed (laughs) – whoever was open. So we know Carr likes to force the ball up the field. That'll serve the Saints well. Like I said, he does that. That will keep everything open for the Saints underneath, meaning we give our running backs an opportunity to have space to run. And this will help because we last year in our offensive room, we had a banged up Jameis and a unenthused uh, Andy Dalton who didn't like the shift with Taysom Hill. But you won't – you. You have Derek Carr, a guy that has a big arm, a guy that's known to have kind of pat on his stats. He has a lot of, you know, he's fierce throwing the ball and picking up some big numbers. Chris Olave and Rashid Shaheed and other people will add. So we should be able to get above at least 21 points a game, you would hope, with Derek Carr, $150 million quarterback the Saints had. You had Jamal Williams there, and the Saints have continuity with the offensive line to keep the man upright and healthy. Jameis as a backup, so – the offense has the potential of being a good unit again. It can't be simply worse than what the hell it was. You bring Carr in here for 150. We averaged 19 points a game last year. At least he should give us more than that, right? We ain't paying him a buck fifty to average 21 points a game, right? <laughs> Hopefully he can do a lot better than that. If you give a guy 150 million and you add weapons around him, you expect him to put you north of 25 points a game, maybe somewhere at 27, 28. You would hope. But, you know, time will tell. I hope it's up there again, man, because if it's up there again, does that mean the Saints offense is carrying the team once again and the defense needs Because, listen, defense was strong for a while. I don't know about that this year. You know, you got Cam. How long could Cam and DeMario keep carrying the Saints defense? You got the secondary on the best, and you're going to have to give them some help. 
So the Saints have to figure that out. So anyway, that's what it is, fam. So once again, I'd like to give a shout out to the family for joining us on this episode of the show, man. I know I ain't seen you guys in a while. Shout out and who that to the rest of the family members out there. It's been a while, man. Yeah, I know he can't cover KT. That is, that's not his skill set, bro. But he coming there and knock your head off, though. <laughs> yeah, he coming there and knock your head off. I know KT. KT, I know his cover skills need some help, man. He needs some help right there. So can they get him together, man? I don't know, man. We'll see. All right. <laughs> KT say he can't cover Q. I hear you, brother. I hear you. Yeah, Frank Clark is interesting, man. We'll see where that goes, man. I know, bro. I hear you, bro. <laughs> I hear you, KT. I got you, brother. I got you. I got you. He ain't a perfect safety, man, but I do like his ferocity, man. That's what I like. I like the fact that he knocked him. He'll knock you out of here, man. You know, I like guys like that. I mean, we had DJ Swearinger here, and Swear- Swearinger had that same type of ferocity. He'll knock you out of here. I, I, we don't – we. You know, we need somebody that's going to put the, the fear of God in some of these wide receivers think they can come and catch the ball and drop it down for a first down and point and say first down, that type of stuff. You need a defense that scares wide receivers to catch the ball like that. You know, you want to knock them and hit them, but hit them legally. You know, you don't want nothing that's going to draw a penalty. But you got to put the fear in these guys, man, when they play the Saints defense, that you're not going to just be running around there doing it. And besides, Jonathan Abrams is a backup. He's a backup, so he's not going to beat out um, uh, Marcus May or or Tyron Matthew. He's simply a backup that the Saints will use whenever they feel like they need to use him. You know, that's all that is. Yeah, da- Dante Hitner. Yeah, I remember Dante Whitner, man. Yeah, Whitner was a guy that that, that will just knock you up out of here, man. And you got to have that, bro. Like we don't have that that uh, that that fear, man. JT says Q if it if he knew it was the last game the same for. Go for Traquan Smith. I don't know Traquan Smith, but we just need some more. We need some help in the wide receiver room, especially at defense. But the the key position I just want everybody to keep focusing on for the Saints going into the draft is the defensive line. Whether that's they need and they need another end and they need an, at least a couple of defensive tackles. They really do. They need to add some help. And I wouldn't be mad at them picking up a veteran before training camp to the defensive line. They really need to fill that rotation out. And I think they'll get some good help. Well, guys, but you don't want to have too many rookies, you know, in your interior defensive lineman because, you know, they got to figure that stuff out. You want to bring a veteran in that kind of help out, to kind of help that stuff out too. Ram says, hey, Q, when does the schedule dates come out for the season? Let me see. I just had that. We did a show on that not too long ago. Let's see. I think that's supposed to be coming up. I think that's after the draft, man. I don't Hold on, let me see here. <laughs> Give me just a second. Let me see uh, the the full releasing of it. Hold on. Let's see. I think it's supposed to be coming up. Hold on here. Hold on, fam. Let me get that information for y'all. Ocean. Uh, hold on here. Oh, late spring. Yeah. Usually early May. Let me see. I think it's around May sometimes. They start. Hold on. 
It's supposed to be late May sometimes. Y'all put it in the chat if y'all knew. Yeah, Yannick, Yannick Ngakwe. Yeah, I hear you, Bobby. Yeah, that's another guy. A lot of people wouldn't be mad at the Saints doing that, but what? That'll be like a one year fix for the team, you know? But yeah, I think that schedule, that's late spring sometimes. Well, no, actually, sometimes in, uh, as usually happened in early May sometimes when they do that. I want to say, I ain't seeing a date on it, but from recollection, I think it's more like, uh, Early May sometimes when they do that. But we'll see. If we we're gonna see. I think that's that's uh let me see. NFL schedule release. Yeah, they're saying it's sometime in May. It's not a date on it too. Yeah, I just seen something on an article that's saying it's sometime in, in May. All right, KT says uh you need more than a one trick cure at least smoke Monday. Can hit and cover, but can let, we'll see what he can do, man. A lot of people like Smoke Monday. It's gonna be a fierce competition, bro. What can I say? I love that. I love that. Ram says, "Q, do you remember that big Hollis Thomas uh, used to love wearing SpongeBob SquarePants gear all the time? Was that what he did? I know he was kind of a weird cat. Hollis was kind of throw it off. I remember Hollis used to wear uh, what uh, earrings and everything. Man, Hollis had tattoos. Yeah, he was a kind of eccentric cat, man." All right, shout out to the fan. I think it's sometime in May there. I'm going to just have to throw out for that 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 show for it. Yeah, Pammy says around May 11th. Yeah, I knew it was sometime, like sometime early May, somewhere along up in there sometime. Okay, KT said May 11th on my birthday. Okay, there you go. Thank you, fam, for filling that in. I know it was sometime in May. All right. Uh, Derenique says I would take a Charles Grant type in the middle, though. Okay, all right. Invoking the spirit of Charles Grant. All right. Oh, KT says, Q, you know I'm calling <laughs> Ford Wheaton. Uh, there you go. You love Mingo. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Jada Kiss Bonds. Yeah, I know. I know, bro. I know. And Nah, uh, nah Keshawn Butte. I, I don't know where he goes, bro. I don't know where he goes. It just he just crazy, man. I, I don't Keshawn Butte, man. They want, I don't know what he doing, man. He just do everything he can to destroy his draft stock, man. This kid was a first-round draft. I don't know where he goes, to be honest with you. I don't know, but he's such a head case, man. He's such a head case. Elite talent, but he's just such a head case. Praise God says Bond could probably be an elite edge rusher, but we'll never know. Missed out on three, four, 30, you know, three to four years of development there. Yeah, they certainly, certainly didn't. They said they were going to bring him in to do some pass rushing, but he gets swallowed up over there. You know, he... <laughs> <laughs> like they put him on the, as an edge rusher, they just they they just smoosh they smush him out of there, you know. <laughs> yeah, he he gets smushed out of there, man. So yeah, I don't know what they're gonna do with that kid. We just have to see. All right. So with that being said, I'm gonna get out on that. Listen, I thank all y'all guys for joining me today. I'll be back on Tuesday for the Patreon family. Back on Wednesday, getting back on my regular stuff uh, starting this upcoming week. I got a, a lot of time off to fill out, finish out some projects that I've been working on. I'm going to be contacting some of our content creators. Pro TV is officially done. We had some stuff that we was doing to kind of finish up on uh, working it out uh, with that. But, you know, we got that finally finished. I'll be contacting a few uh, content creators about, uh, you know, Pro TV. So if you're a content creator and you've been on YouTube for at least a year, reach out to us at the at uh, the pro media network at gmail.com. That's the P R O media network at gmail.com. Make sure you put in there about the, you're interested in pro TV. 
by content creators. That's how to be our video, uh, video straight video uh, platform, which our all of our content will be on that Pro TV. And if you want to have content on there, you can feel free to reach out to me. We're doing it for the content creators. It's something that uh that I had the brainchild to create for uh people who out there that's doing something similar to what I was doing when I was starting out, and there was nobody doing. That was just reporters when I started. It was just reporters doing it and it was just hitting the button on a little recorder and talking and you can hear him wrestling around with windy bags and shit. But you know, when, I, when, you know, I just got tired of saying stuff before the commentators were saying, it, and I said, man, you need to go ahead and start a show. And that's what the hell I did. Got tired of uh, not hearing them people tell it, tell it like it was. So we, you know, we telling it like it is. So for, you know, it's a hand for those family members who are serious about their craft to be able to jump up in that game. So contact me, at the PRO Media Network at gmail.com if you want to be a part of Pro TV. Baby, we we up in the building. I told y'all we've been working to get it together. Also, for our article writers, if you're an article writer and you have been writing articles or you're a person that's interested in writing articles, you can reach out to us. We're going to need some uh, a little bit of information about you, know, you, uh, you writing. We got a couple of spots for Saints writers and all this kind of stuff. And what we're basically doing is we're going to create I have our own content writers and cover the stories for our own writers, you know? So we, it's a movement going on over here at the, the, the coma It's a movement, man. And we giving people an opportunity to kind of, you know, step up. You're reading a lot of articles. We cover a lot of articles. We know a lot of family members got a lot of talent. So if you're interested in that same thing, or simply go on to who that and go to contact us and you'll find the information and just put in your information, follow the, uh, the, uh, the list of things there, you're going to need a, a a sample of your writing style that you sent to the staff. And like I said, I got a lot of people working with me on this, even though I'm the face for everything. There's people behind the scenes that's working to put all this stuff together. I'd be a mad, crazy fool. If you think it is all me, I might be the brainchild of a lot of stuff that's happening behind the scenes, but I'm simply not the person totally doing everything. I got a lot of help with people with development and all this other kind of stuff. So a lot of this stuff is rolling out, man. And if you want to be a part of it, man, you go to who that the who that daily dot com for content writers. We're looking for Saints people, Pelican people, boxing people. We're also looking for college people, LSU, Tulane. If you a guy that got or a gal <laughs> who got some skill who want to step it up on that game, man, feel free to reach out to us at the who that daily dot com forward slash contact us forward slash. So with that being said, man, we're going to get out on that. Much love to the family. Appreciate you. Love you. I'll see y'all on Patreon Tuesday, and we'll talk about more. Much love. Peace. Yeah. Huh? Boogie like Benson. I'm a who that. I'm a who that. Lose or winning, I'm, I'm a who that. that. Sports coma, yeah, this is where we do that. Where we do that, where we do that, where we do that, where we do that, where we do that. Boogie like this, and I'm a who that. I'm a who that. Sports coma, this is where we do that. Where we do that. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Somebody please better help. Running this thing like elf. Thank God every day I'm not a felt. Go to YouTube live with Big Q and the guys. If you ain't ride or die, the bandwagon get flipped. Been marching in, that was way for the ring. I was yelling out your shame for the championship. Bucking on town, duck down. Falcons, pluck, get shut down. Panthers ain't much. To-
touchdown. The vision really blown to us now. So much hate on the Saints, you could probably tell. Ever since Bounty Gate hit the NFL, when things seem fishing and you probably smell the crooked referees are Roger Goodell. Yeah. like this, and I'm a who that. Every day I'm living, I'm a who that. Lose all winning, I'm a who that. It's the sports coma, this is where we do that. Where we do that, eh. Where we do that, eh. Where we do that, where we do that, where we do that, eh. Boogie like this, and I'm a who that. It's the sports coma, this is where we do that. You're listening to the sports coma. Yeah. It's Big Q and the guys on the PRO Media Network.